0: Welcome to Fantasy Sports Daily with Kyle L. Frank and Ray Flowers, Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Don't forget to use the promo code FSD20 for a 20% discount on the products over at FantasyGuru.com.
1: Check it out. It's a couple of guys who survived unscathed on Thursday Night Football. Kyle L. Frank and Ray Flowers with you. It is Fantasy Sports Daily Powered by fantasyguru.com. Uh Ray, I'm feeling good this morning. Did you make it through without any bumps and bruises last night?
0: Uh I did, though I'm angry this morning, as a lot of other people are, I'm sure. Um NFL's got some explaining to do this morning. Oh, come on. Ray, what would you have
1: done differently? If 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 Joe Burrow had been on the injured list with a wrist, would anything have
0: changed? Yeah, it would have. Really? And not 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 to your point. Joe Burrow doesn't go from quarterback seven to quarterback 23. Like it's not. But would I have told someone to play Jared Goff or CJ Stroud over him? Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. I no. would have. Absolutely. With Higgins out, with the defense against the Ravens, I absolutely no, he, would have. If he'd
1: it. been listed as questionable with a wrist, you would have
0: benched him. It Well, of, yeah. and here's the thing. Okay. Let's just dive right into it if we're going <laughs> to talk about it. The NFL has got a huge problem. Huge problem. Someone sent me a note this morning or last night, excuse me, and they were pissed off because they lost $850 on a bet because they assumed Joe Burrow was healthy. You can't have an injury report, cannot have an injury report, and have it not be reflective of what's going on. The team said Burrow was fine. He wasn't on the injury report. And then, you know, because people were asking me yesterday that I saw a video on Twitter and, yeah. eh, and it's like, look, he's not injured. The team's saying he's not injured. He's not on the injury report. I can't do my job if I don't have the proper information. I can't tell people, give the right advice if I don't have the information. People go out and bet money on this. It's one thing to say I lost my fantasy matchup this week and I got 25 bucks in this league. People bet hundreds, thousands of dollars on these games. The NFL has to, and this is something you and I have talked about for as long as we've known each other. The injury reports are a joke. They're an absolute joke. And I don't understand how the league can be in bed with gambling as they inarguably are and allow this to continue. We're talking millions and millions and millions of maybe even more than that on a weekly basis or bet. And we don't have the data to make the proper bets. I think it's absolutely awful.
1: So uh, putting him on the injury report, it appears would, would change things for people. It would change nothing for me. Um, if I were a gambler and I was putting money down, we all knew about the video. That, that was known before last night's game. Like that information was out there. It was deleted, but it was known. I, I don't even follow Twitter. I don't even care about this stuff. And Ray, I knew it mm-hmm. that there had been video of Joe Burrow with a brace and then it was removed. So that was information, wasn't official, but it was information. Gamblers often make bets on unofficial information. So to a gambler, don't complain to me. That was there. And again, if, if Joe Burrow's questionable with a wrist, am I changing my bet on the Bengals? Newsflash every single quarterback taking a snap this weekend is dealing with something every single one rib shoulder elbow knee every single one ray i guess we could all list them as questionable and then we'd be
0: happy is is that what we want well no (laughs) um but you you and you know because again we we've talked about this for years the NFL has a legitimate problem with this. They've always had a problem with this. They made it more complicated by getting rid of one of the injury designations, right? It used to be four. Mm-hmm. Now there's three. Uh, they've made this, you know, they've made it into a joke. We've talked about it. The Tom Brady was on the injury report for five years, never missed a game. Like the NFL has never cared about this. As we get more sophisticated, as information is more readily available to us, as billions of dollars are billions of dollars are spent each year. DFS, gambling, all of that. The NFL has to be better with this because if they're not, they're, and, and, you know, Mike Florio wrote about this over at PFF and he's right. Someone eventually is going to sue the NFL. And I don't see how they're not going to win because when, when you start talking about, no, when you start talking about billions of dollars being invested, the league supporting the gambling, the league promoting the yeah. gambling, you have to have a level playing field or you can't have it.
1: If I'm an investor in a business, mm-hmm. Facebook, Meta, Google, whatever it is. I'm an investor. Do they tell me every day who's at work? And if people aren't showing up or not doing their job, they don't tell me that every day. True. I find out every quarter what's going on. Mm -hmm. I can't sue Meta. I'm an investor. I got money riding on this business. Bring it on, says the NFL. You want to sue me? No way! Is that what Mike Florio's saying? Yeah, and I, he's
0: right. Someone's gonna. Anyone can sue. Oh him yeah, yeah, anybody can sue. Yeah. Ray. I mean, hell, I can sue him. That doesn't mean, I win. But uh, don't. And, and I know you. I know we're taking opposite sides here. But don't yeah. you have a problem? Well, I, with here's this? the thing. I have no. I'm sorry.
1: If you're a gambler, tough luck. Okay. Okay. What about, what about fantasy? It, it, I consider that hey, you're playing odds. Tough luck. And, and couldn't the Bengals, Ray, can't they logically, can't they make the argument, hey, he got injured on the play before that?
0: On the same exact area that was injured before the game? He got maybe, hit. Maybe. He got hit, and that Made it worse.
1: Team. They thought he was so going to be okay. Who, who is to say, like, that's a fair argument if you're the Bengals. And, and and for those who don't know, the NFL is now investigating it. I They'll give him a $10,000 fine, 50K, whatever. But I... It doesn't rise to the level of me seeing my blood pressure jump. It's well, it's like who cares?
0: Well, I th- you could go on the other side of things too, where the Bengals could say everyone on their team is hurt, right? <laughs> and and then the the Ravens look like they're gonna it's going to be a cakewalk, and the spread grows from three points to nine because everyone on the right. Bengals is hurt and no one's really hurt. So again, it's I don't know what the answer is. I do know when there's video of a guy with a brace on, in the you know, and and Fleury went through the whole thing after the game. Where was Joe Burrow? He didn't talk to the press. Why? Why the head well, coach? Injured, in, a lot
1: of injured guys usually don't. After and, a game. Yeah,
0: yes, but it's a wrist injury. He can't sit there and talk. Come on, there was no report. He's going to a hospital. Like, come on, getting right. treatment, right? Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, um, did Mark Andrews talk after last night? You no, know, Mark Andrews' life career is over. No, it's <laughs> over. But um, the 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 head coach saying that, and here's the here's the real problem. The head coach said there's no issue. If there's no issue, why is a dude wearing a brace on the bus? Like, you say he's got a wrist sprain, we think he's fine, cool. But when the head coach comes out and says, there's no issue, and there's video of the guy with an issue, we have a problem. Because then we have, then, then. And a best case scenario, the coach is a moron and doesn't know what's going on with his players. In a worst case scenario, he's lying. And yeah. that's an issue. If the team doesn't say anything, right, he's hurt, we're not going to say anything, okay, fine. But you can't have a guy seemingly injured, then have the, the, the team say he's not injured, then have video of him being injured. It just doesn't work. You all got to be consistent one way or the other. And they weren't. Maybe,
1: uh, Ray, he'd been typing a lot on Wednesday and had a little carpal tunnel going on. You know, you get that. You type like 20,000 words a day. I'm, I'm sure on, on some occasions, Ray, you've probably gone yeah. one of those risks. I, uh, I actually have. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I'm just, I, I don't care. I'm sorry. I, I can't. I, and I guess people will bark about this and yell about this. I don't really care. It, it, come on. Again, the information was there. Did you need the Bengals to say he wrist questionable?
0: But because he saw the
1: information, He, yeah, he but, saw the video. But,
0: but Kyle, like again, this is not like I said. I'm not. I wouldn't have dropped Joe Burrow 15 spots in my rankings. Like it wouldn't have been drastic. But would you I think drop a him lot of people
1: me? would not have bet on the Bengals if Joe Burrow was listed as questionable with a wrist?
0: No, I think they would have not bet on the Bengals if they knew that there, there was a wrist issue that was significant to the point where he was having a problem holding the football. Then yeah. absolutely. Now, was it the hit that did? I mean, everyone saw the video. And he couldn't even, like, it was, yeah. no, he couldn't. Well, And 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 that's part of it, Ray, that
1: he was good enough through a quarter and a half. Looked fine. Looked okay. Everyone passes everything. I mean, okay. the Bengals looked like the Bengals. Mm-hmm. And then on that one throw, which followed the hit by Clowney, mm-hmm. it didn't work.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, they can say this was not the first snap of the game True. or the first throw of the game where he's like, oh, my God, my arm, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. This was after he took a hit. It was after he'd thrown, what do he end up with? 15 passes. I don't know, whatever the number was. Okay. Logically,
0: it probably did happen in the game. It yeah. probably did happen in a moment. And, like, and back to the point you made at the start guys enter every game hurt, mm-hmm. right? Like, everyone's hurt. And, you know, let's say Burrow was hurt, but he thought he could manage it. He was doing okay, right? Like you said, he took a hit and it wasn't okay anymore. I mean, that. So, this whole thing at the end, wrapping it up, right? At the end, there's no answer. Right? Because the guy's on the injury report. He's not on the injury report. The team says he's hurt. The team says, doesn't matter once you get tackled. Right. It, it it's information. And again, in my world, in the fantasy world, it's information I would have liked to have known. I would have dropped him mm-hmm. a couple spots in the rankings. Wouldn't have been significant. Still would have had him as a bottom end QB one, but I would have told people to play golf. I would have told people to play Strat. I would have changed by a couple of spots. And it doesn't sound in the grand scheme like that's a big deal. But for the people listening, for the people watching, it's a big deal. And so you know, you never know who's going to get hurt and how the game's going to go. Anyway, Bro could have toughed it out and thrown for 290 and three. And then after the game, you know, had his hand in a bucket. And I don't know if I can play next week. Like, you don't know. But yeah. just it, it's an uneasy feeling around the whole thing, the way it played out.
1: Uh, the B. John Robinson thing is much more irritating from earlier. That's
0: that's another one. Yeah. Good yeah. call. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, that that one. and And really, my major aggravation with that is where the hell was the reporting?
0: Mm-hmm. Like,
1: I still can't get over that. Like we have sideline reporters and nobody even mentioned anything about B. John Robinson until the third quarter. Like that's what I got a problem with, right? I'm not angry reporter. at the NFL. I'm angry at Fox or whoever the hell.
0: We, oh, we have like sideline reporters that don't even they make up stories. Yeah. Krista like Thompson's making Oh my gosh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Which is not the first time she said that. I don't know. I guess it got picked up and, and yeah, up story, like, but like,
0: holy cow, Kyle. Jeez. Yeah.
1: I mean, is anyone shocked? No, but you I'm mean, saying I, I hate the, I hate to crap on my profession. But literally the most useless job in broadcasting. Mm-hmm. Oh, sideline reporter. Yeah, it's useless.
0: But it's like you know we're analysts. She's a re- reporter. You're supposed to be yeah. reporting. <laughs> know. You know. <laughs> yeah, it's like she wanted to well, say and, that and in my like, studio. Did just say, hey
1: guys, I didn't get to talk to the coach. We're not going to do a thing in the third quarter. Yeah. Or let's pivot. you know, no one's gonna miss it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, does anybody wait through the halftime to hear what Mike Tomlin said as he was jogging off the field? Too. It's like a thirty second discussion. I don't need. I don't need the head coach to tell me. Oh, uh we have got to be better on third down, and we're just committing <laughs> dumb penalties.
0: Like
1: I, I watched the first half. I, it, it's totally useless.
0: I never, I never thought when they added that to the broadcast. Oh, I've been missing that the first thirty years of my life. Yeah. Never once per second did I care. You're it's
1: right. Great for injuries, and sometimes, and that's it. If a guy's on the sideline and you hear something, or you know they're checking out, and yeah. you know we went to the blues. That, that's fine, but useless things like halftime interviews. Give me a break. It's pathetic. It's Joe. Okay, we've already eaten like thirteen minutes on this Padre. Uh, we got more talk. on Thursday night football. Joe Burrow was indeed not the only injury that we've got to talk about. Uh, We're going to get you set for the rest of week 11. Rich Maletto is stopping by. We have not had Rich with us through the uh, first set of episodes here on Fantasy Sports Daily, so looking forward to that. Uh, He will give his thoughts on the upcoming Sunday. And then tomorrow, college football week number 12 gets rolling. Uh, Perhaps the guy who will go number one in the NFL draft, Caleb Williams, the quarterback out of USC, could be his final college game tomorrow, which is kind of sudden. I didn't realize that, but... If if indeed he's going to the pros, he's not going to play in a bowl game. So uh, tomorrow could be the last game for him as USC takes on at UCLA. Chris Rose is going to drop in. Uh, we should also promote, Ray, what, our, our buddy Armando Marsal uh, up on YouTube. He's got mm-hmm. some thoughts on Week 11 as well.
0: Yeah, if you go to youtube.com slash at Elite Plus Network, where a lot of you are right now, uh, there we're debuting new, new – um, new pieces of the puzzle, if you will, at Elite Plus Network. So if you go to the playlist section there, you'll see Tyler Beaker, who had a couple of thoughts on Thursday night football, uh, some bets that you could have placed. Uh, Armando's up today with a call for DFS this weekend. It's a free free call, kind of a peek behind the curtain for those people that don't subscribe at fantasyguru.com. A running back, he is looking forward to using this week, and he thinks you should use this week. So check it out, youtube.com slash at Elite Plus Network for his call.
1: Okay. FSD two zero by the way, 20% off. All the packages, use it over at FantasyGuru.com and uh, get cheaper access to all of our great content. Whether you're a football fan, NFL college, uh, baseball, Ray's still right in there. He's covering free agency as it happens. Not much happening right now, but as it happens. Uh, Hockey, NBA, PGA, EPL, all those things covered over at FantasyGuru.com. Ray, let's dig into Thursday. Um, Bengals lose. They lose Joe Burrow. That was a game, but you bring in Jake Browning, who, you know, that was his in effect, first ever NFL experience. Um, He he didn't embarrass himself. I I thought he was okay. Mm -hmm. Um, But, Ray, you got to worry now about the Bengals, don't you? I mean, Jamar Chase got the touchdown last night, but two catches. Two catches, 12 yards. Tyler Boyd did nothing. T. Higgins, who knows about his status. Um, I guess a Joe Mixon owner is probably happy to know they're going to get a lot of work, both rushing and receiving from Joe Mixon. But if Burrow is missing any, sort of extended time. This is a killer for this Bengals offense.
0: Yeah, um, it's bad. And, you know, Mixon's has getting a lot of work and struggling for real fantasy relevance most weeks with Burrow. He's going to get a lot of work without Burrow, and it's not likely to lead to fantasy relevance. Uh, we don't know how much time Burrow's going to miss, if any. I mean, it's possible he's back the next week. It certainly is possible. But given what we saw last night and everything right now, we have to be very concerned, very concerned about yeah. uh, his at least short-term outlook there. And, you know, the Bengals, they fell to 5-5 and last night, and their season's basically over. I mean, it's possible, right? But they're in a bad spot now. And you laid out the guys that are dealing with injuries. And, you know, this, I think, is an example of something you and I have talked about for a long time. Stacking in the DFS game, fine, right? We're doing one week. If it doesn't work, cool. You know, when you start talking about, you know, adding quarterback wide receiver, which people love doing in the fantasy game. Joe Burrow goes out. We saw what happened to Jamar Chase last night. So I'm not saying that you can't win and do this. I have a, I'm Scott Fishbowl. I ended up with Josh uh, Allen and, and Stefan Diggs, right? It's how it played out. It can it can be a boon to your fantasy spay, fantasy game, but uh, we're about ready to see what could happen when you do that in the negative sense because it does not seem like Burrow is going to be suiting up next week.
1: Yeah, I, I think next week's very doubtful for Burrow. We'll just have to see. They're calling it a sprained wrist, by the way. Um, but but again, I guess Ray and nobody else trusts them, so who knows what he's really dealing with. Uh, but we'll have to see with the Bengals. Uh, by the way, Joe Mixon, uh, reached a hundred total yards for just the second time rushing and receiving second time this year. Um, both games have come against the Ravens and the 49ers. <laughs> so, yeah, right. <laughs> people want to play matchups and all this stuff. If you got studs, just play them. You know, you don't need to get cute. Even though Joe Mixon has not had a good season, his two best games are against probably the two best defenses that the uh, Bengals have played. On, on the Ravens' side, Ray, um, Lamar Jackson was a little more uh, appropriate for the fantasy player. You know, two passing touchdowns and 50-some-odd yards rushing. They had injuries, too. Uh, Jackson was limping the entire second half. He had he had a bit of an ankle issue. Um, he'll probably tough it out, try to play. But, again, every time we get to the double-digit weeks with Lamar Jackson, we got to worry about getting him to the finish line. The biggie, though, is Mark Andrews. Uh, Ray, done for the season. I mean, the Ravens, and I I don't know if we're dealing with a high ankle sprain or a broken ankle, uh, but that's a huge loss. Isaiah Likely becoming very popular, I think. Uh, He did nothing last night. You know, Andrews leaves that game. I think it was two targets for Likely, no catches. But, Ray, I would suspect people who are kind of uh, groveling in the 11th, 12th, 13th spot in their league at tight end, they're probably looking at Isaiah Likely for next week.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, this is the way it goes, right? In Scott Fishbowl, who I just mentioned, that's a, a tight end premium league. I sat on, I looked this morning up, uh, I sat on Isaiah Likely till Halloween, did nothing. He was my second tight end. I was all right, I'm going to wait. If something were to happen to Andrews, and then I dropped him in a couple of weeks later, you know, that's how it goes, right? But Likely figures to, do a close approximation of Mark Andrews, right? I can't say he's as much of a green zone threat, right? Or anything like that, but he's an extremely dynamic talent. We've seen him flash at times. We know that the offense, even with the new OC, they want to throw the ball to the tight end position at times. So Isaiah likely becomes a very intriguing tight end pickup. Totally right on that, Kyle. And as you said, I don't know, maybe two weeks ago, the tight end position has been messy, but it hasn't been as bad as we thought it would be before the season began. There's been viable options to pick up on a pretty frequent basis With guys that we can look at and say, this guy's got a legitimate chance to score 8 to 10 points every week.
1: Other takeaway here, Ray, is Keaton Mitchell. Uh, Mm -hmm. Been a big topic in fantasy circles for the last couple of weeks. Last week, uh, four touches. Uh, I'm sure going into last night, people were wondering, do I play him, do I not? They got nine touches, um, which I've said all along for weeks now. Like, what are you hoping for? Ten touches? Mm It's kind of what you're hoping for. He got the touches that realistically, Ray, I think that's all you could expect in this offense, but he didn't do anything. What's alarming is this was a blowout in the second half and he still wasn't getting touches. Furthermore, two touchdown runs, Gus Edwards. Of course. From three yards out. No one can be upset, I don't believe, with Keaton Mitchell. like The warnings were all there. Ray said them. I said them. Some people didn't say them. But, Ray, this is what it is. People can't say, oh, I'm I'm Keith Mitchell. What the hell's going on? Or John Harbaugh, use Mitchell. No. This was all explainable and all expected leading up to this game last
0: night. Yeah, and our upcoming guest, Rich Mileto, I saw him on uh, Twitter going at someone saying, what the hell are you talking about? People were playing this guy. I said not to play this guy. I pinned a tweet or whatever. it was. We were pretty resounding in our – concern with Mitchell being a thing at fantasyguru.com. we've all said it and I think you laid it out well his role grew the touches were there the snaps like everything nothing and nothing happened you know you're in an offense that's it's not a great offense for pass catchers it never has been guys out of the backfield they're not catching a lot of passes from Lamar Jackson he needs to have that be part of his game because as we saw last night the goal line is Gus Edwards and you know by the way Gus Edwards still played more so he still played more snaps and he actually ran more routes than Mitchell. So they're not even really using Mitchell as a it's so last night is the Mitchell experience. And those people that thought he was going to be a league winner. I mean, again, we said it, you, He needs to rip off a 50 yard touchdown run. He needs yeah, to do that in order to play him for the
1: moment. You're
0: playing yeah. him for the moment. You're not playing him for the game. No, it's the moment, right? That that's no. the kind of player he is right yeah. now. Yeah, and, and a lot of people have said, this guy's a league winner. A lot of people said, blow your budget to Adam, all this kind of stuff. And, Again, I've said it, Jeff Mann said it, Rich said it, like, where is this coming from? Like, he's an undersized, undrafted guy that flashes, and he can be a a very important part of an offense, and he can have big plays, and he's great for the Ravens, but that's different than being someone that you want to play in the fantasy game. He's a flex option that's either going to get you five points or 15 points. Is that really where your team is? you don't have a better option to get you 12 points every week at the i think a lot of
1: teams are in that spot
0: right (laughs) well again maybe but that i think speaks to not being active enough throughout the season because mitchell's just not a good play
1: uh i'm in a league i think i'm playing you in this league ray where this week uh oh we have two flexes in that league and i've got rico dowdle in there
0: well that's two flexes
1: (laughs) (laughs) still that's horrendous Rico Dowdle, I got like six dudes on by. So, so that's 79 my yards and a
0: touchdown last week. Oh, come on. Yeah, he
1: did. If I can just get another 50 points out of the Cowboys this week, I may be able to pull that off again. Uh, 20 Ravens top the Bengals and we are off in week 11. Uh, let's take a deeper look at week 11. Shall we? Uh, joining us now, a man who, uh, work you have definitely been following at fantasyguru.com, whether it's of the football variety, the NASCAR variety, Whatever variety. This guy is, is kind of a jack of all trades. Rich Mileto is with us here on Fantasy Sports Daily. Rich, welcome in. I love it. We, we should know Rich is not driving. <laughs> no, driving. no, no, no. I am parked. I promise I am parked in a little cubbyhole here. Uh, we appreciate it, Ray. Great to see you. Um, thanks for pulling away for a few minutes to kind of preview week 11. Uh, Ray and I disagree on this Burrow thing. He's upset. I'm not. Are you upset with the Bengals for for not telling us if it's something we're going on with Joe Burrow's wrist? Kind of. I'm kind of pissed off
2: at all the NFL teams right now. You know, (laughs) Arthur Smith makes a joke like, oh, people just want drama. You knew you weren't going to be playing a guy like I understand these NFL coaches don't really give a crap about our fantasy teams. That's not their job, too. But let's be real honest about something. The NFL didn't see a decrease in sports fandom like we've seen a whole bunch of other sports, in large part because of fantasy sports. Sports gambling has taken off. We see the leagues promoting sports gambling. And my problem is there's all these employees among these teams, all right? So let's just look at the Falcons. There was trainers. There was management staff. They all knew what was going on with B.J. Rob, B. John Robinson. What's stopping them from calling a buddy, a friend, a family member, and letting them know, hey, heads up, this is going on. <laughs> and when we hear about people writing into Jeff saying they won 60 grand on a contest or eight grand on a bet, things like that, that's significant money. So you, you're basically poo-pooing on the fans that support you. You're you're kind of bringing in, from my perspective, integrity as far as the, the betting aspect and and this fantasy aspect. And you want to be like, oh, it's just drama. I I don't understand these coaches angle because I don't think that any team is changing their entire game scheme because, oh my gosh, we just saw Joe Burrow in a wrist bandage. That's it. Completely changed the game. We're running 11 people in the box. I mean, this is, this is ridiculous. I don't understand why it's so bad to have your professionals. People are choosing to watch a professional sport. This isn't college. This isn't high school. You should be sharing the info. And I know Howard Bender talked about it on the show. He happened to mention the, the brace. My wife mentioned it to me right before the game started. I had no idea between the writing and traveling, answering questions. I didn't hear any of it. Then I see him talking about it on the game, and it's like, what are we doing? And then afterwards, Zach Taylor's all, oh, yeah, I mean, there was nothing. Well, then why was something on his wrist? Like, you're outright lying to my face and expect me to be like, oh, okay, yeah, there's no problem. Like, I just... I'm really upset with it. Ever since they changed the injury designation, which was going to make it better, it's actually gotten worse. And I think something needs to happen. We don't have any beat reporting. We got beat reporters that actively admitted to misleading or not sharing information because the team didn't want them to. We've got teams that think it's a joke to just crap on fans. And and I understand they don't care about fantasy, but it's it's helping support your career. Be honest about that. Mm -hmm. And, And we can't get any valid info. Come on.
1: Skip Bayless, we thank you for joining us today. (laughs) That
0: was pretty good. That actually made sense, unlike Skip Bayless sometimes, too.
1: He's on your side, Ray. Yeah, he is. Rich is a smart
0: guy. I knew it. Um, Rich, let's talk about another scenario. This one has an injury. We know there's an injury, and so let's adapt to it. That's the Browns situation. They've lost Deshaun Watson with the shoulder issue. We thought it was going to be P.J. Walker. It's not going to be P.J. Walker. It's going to be DTR under center, we know they're going to try to funnel things through, through the ground attack, right? We know that. We've seen that recently. We'll see that continue. What do we do with the pass catchers, and specifically Amari Cooper with the Browns? How do you prognosticate his value moving forward with the uncertainty at quarterback?
2: I, I may be overreacting on Cooper. I've been really mauling this over as I'm working on the Start Set article today and looking at Jeff's rankings and everything. Here's my problem. We saw it once this year, and it was really bad, like really, really, really bad. However, you know, come to find out, DTR didn't even know he was really going to be starting till the day of the game. So when you talk about lack of preparation and working with these guys and the chemistry, I don't think it's fair that we turn around and say, yeah, he can't use Cooper at all, all right? That being said, I am still bringing Cooper way down because there was nothing I saw in that first game from DTR that has me – excited to approach the passing game. Um, I think you probably can still use Njoku. I was excited to have Njoku with Walker in there. I'm hoping it's kind of the same with DTR. You know, we see some young quarterbacks look to the middle, the short routes. I'm with you, Ray. I think we're we're probably going to see more Ford in the passing game than we've anticipated. And, and the Steelers can be beat with running backs. I mean, they, they don't give up a ton, but they tend to over-pursue. You can neutralize Cam Hayward and some of that ground game defense with some of the dump-offs to the backs and the tight ends. So I have a little faith there, but I, I think at this point, I've moved Amari Cooper down to a wide receiver three for me for the week.
0: Talk with Rich Mileto here about week 11. Rich, uh, wide receiver position, let's stay with that discussion. Debo Samuel, Devontae Adams. These two guys were drafted to be wide receiver ones. They have had moments this season, but overall, obviously disappointing. Debo's got his quarterback. Adams doesn't have his. What are your thoughts on Debo Samuel and Devontae Adams this week? I assume you're just going to say they still are must-starts, I. I think even people hearing that, they get very nervous because they don't look at these guys as must-starts.
2: You know, I think expectations are something we've got to do a better job in fantasy in general. Like, just because they're not living up to wide receiver one expectations doesn't mean their failures are not usable, right? I I heard you earlier talking about – I think it was on yesterday's show on the radio – Adams slots into that wide receiver two ish range for you. I think that makes a lot of sense. Now, how many of us aren't starting all the wide receiver twos we have, right? I mean, I don't know. I don't know why you would want to drop down to a wide receiver, three wide receiver, four type level. If you have these guys out of more than just it's spite, they're not living up to expectations. So I'm not using, so you're hundred percent, right. As far as where I stand, they're both must stars for me. They're both wide receiver twos in that range. Um, It's hard for me to suggest playing Debo over Adams, even with the way Adams has looked over recent history. I am a little concerned on the rookie quarterback, especially with the total yards. You know, Pierce has got them playing kind of an older school type of football thing. We're seeing more Jacobs. So the passing volume's not there. I might lean Debo over Adams, you know, for start, sit type of thing this week. But they're right next to each other. And I really don't want to be sitting either of them.
1: You mentioned that start-sit column, Rich, and It'll be out later today at fantasyguru.com. This one's going to sound crazy, but I wonder if there's any legitimacy to it because we, we got millions of players, so somebody's probably thinking this. <clears throat> Josh Allen, things are bad for the Bills, and now they have the Jets, new offensive coordinator. Should anybody be considering a benching of Josh Allen as their QB this week?
2: I caution everybody before they start getting mad when they – If you know football and watch the game, you see bad play. We see it with Jordan Love. We see it with Josh Allen right now. Check your fantasy points before you just start assuming sitting (laughs) somebody. I mean, Josh Allen is still, depending on your league, anywhere from QB1 to if it's real heavy on turnover points, negative points, to like QB3. Why on earth would you even consider not starting a QB1 or 3 Like overall, I'm not talking tiers here. Like overall QBs out there, he's first, second, or third. There is no way that I'm benching that for anybody. I don't care what their name is, and I don't care what the – you guys talked about it a minute ago, especially you, Kyle. Forget this whole matchup nonsense. We get way too creative on the matchups, and if you think that's smart, go look at the DFS contests that win every week. There is always one or two jobbers in somebody's lineup that had a terrible matchup that you're like, why would you use them, and they ended up being the reason they won the contest. We overplay the – coaches know the matchups too. You don't think they adjust? Like, we overplay the whole matchups thing, in my opinion.
0: Rich, we talked about Mitchell uh, with the Ravens, and I, I mentioned the fact that you were anti-Mitchell for the reasons that we were too. Let's shift things over to a similar type of player who's likely to return this week. It's Devon Achan with the Dolphins. Mostert, obviously, is you know, Mr. Touchdown, kind of like Mr. Edwards. He's Mr. Touchdown. He hasn't necessarily done a lot of great things on the ground overall the last couple of weeks. The Dolphins are content at times to run the ball 18 times and not really establish the run. How are we looking at, assuming A-Chan is active, oh, we did, there he is. Did we lose Rich? Oh, Rich is back. Here. How, how do we uh, anticipate the breakdown being this week A-Chan and Mostert? We're all starting Mostert. Should we be starting HN?
2: I'm using HN. chan um, I have been calling Mitchell A-Chan light, right? I mean, very kind of similar size game. That said, these are very different offenses. Very, 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 very different offenses. Very different um, ways the offenses attack the defenses. I don't think A-chan is going to be that 15-touch guy. But the way the Dolphins use him, look, we were using him as a 7-10-touch guy before the injury. So I guess from my perspective, I'm going right back to what I was using before. Um, I think we need to be a little bit temper expectations here. The 70-point game that everybody wants to remember, you know, is is a bit of a farce, so to speak. (laughs) But personally... I think, as ba- especially as bad as running back has been, I can't see A-Chan being any lower than, say, a low-end RB2 for me for the week.
1: Devin Singletary, mm. what do you do with him? I mean, he's, Man, he's that's been a tough one. dreadful, Rich, all year, but last week he went off. Houston has Arizona. Is It, it looks like Damian Pierce is going to be out. Noah Brown could be out, too, by the way. Um, mm. Singletary, is he uh, top 20? Running back this week, I, I almost feel like he has to be just because the field is, is littered with nobodies. Here's the thing.
2: If Pierce is out, I don't know how you can't have Pierce in the top 25, at the very least top 30, right? I mean, I think that's being even way over the top conservative, especially at running back. You, you have to look at volume and chase it. I get A-chan isn't kind of that, but like I said, he's kind of the one unicorn, so to speak. I hate that term. It's overused, but he, he's kind of very unique and different in that way. Singletary looked terrible, even with the volume two weeks ago, to your point, Kyle. And then last week was totally different. As a general rule, I prefer to count on the volume and take my licks as they come. If, if I only get five or seven points, at least I played a guy that got 15 touches. If Pierce is out, I think you've got to slate Singletary in as at least an RB2 flex at the very, very low end.
0: Rich, let's ask you a question about the tight end position. We lost Mark Andrews last night. Isaiah likely is the guy we anticipate stepping in there. Kyle and I were briefly mentioned the fact that there's a lot of solid options at the tight end position, right? Not necessarily superstars, but a lot of solid options. And, you know, you get names. I'm looking at our rankings over at FantasyGuru.com. you got Musgrove. Pat Firemuth is returning. Okonkwo, we're still hoping. Maybe Albert O does something. Number one, is there a tight end you've identified this week as this guy standing out? And secondly, what are your thoughts on Firemouth? Because I've seen multiple people pick him up. Wasn't really part of the offense early on. Didn't do anything early on. Had multiple injuries. But some people, I guess, are desperate this week and they are going with Pat F.
2: So I like Musgrave still. He's been getting, I mean, the tight end's been crappy, right? But Musgrave is getting that four, five, six types of targets a game, just like all the other ones we're counting on. If you get the touchdowns, if you get the yards, you're fine. Um, I'm not real impressed with, with um, oh, now I'm getting tongue-tied okay. on Chiggy. Well, not yeah, Pick it. I want no part of pick it. <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> we can address Fryermuth. I, I'm avoiding Fryermuth. I had to activate him off of IR. And it's ironic. I, I'm, it's a very crappy team I'm going to rebuild with. And I threw him in on the you know back into the active roster. I'm like, I, I'm not using him. I've got no desire to use him. I mean, Connor Hayward actually filled in pretty well. Right. Um, and it was nothing. So, and I, I'm with you, Ray. I've heard you talk about Ray uh, Pickett a few times. Look, I was kind of on an island going into last year saying, avoid Pickett. I want nothing to do with him. I think he's a bust. I don't think the Steelers can draft a quarterback well. I don't think they do a good job evaluating quarterbacks. I want nothing to do with him. And this offense is atrocious without him. I think you've been spot on with your, your take on this entire offense. So um, the one tight end, and he played last night. He was in my streamer article. But the one tight end I've kind of flagged and eyeballing was Hudson. Um, Over the last three weeks now with last night's game, he's getting that consistent tight end targets that you're looking for and nobody's really looking at him. Now, that said, that was with Burrow. I don't know. I need to reevaluate the whole thing with with Browning at quarterback. Um, You know, Browning obviously had a little bit of a connection with Irwin. I'm not shocked backup coming in throwing to kind of the guys he's throwing with into in practice, that's probably going to evolve and change a little bit. But I mean, it was scary to see how little chase was used. He's still the best receiver on the field. So tight end. I mean, if it's not Logan Thomas and Johnu, who I keep still seeing widely available, Musgrave is widely available. I'll go that route. Um, I really don't want to get into Chiggy at Tennessee. Uh, maybe if Levis starts turning it on, we can reevaluate that. I'm out on Friar I don't want anything to do with, with the Steelers passing offense. Um, I'm surprised at how much Najoku's been dropped and picked up.
1: He's another one. But, you know, they're all kind of the same, right? <laughs> it's like pick a guy and stick with a guy for a few weeks. I think everybody wants to jump week to week. And, You end up chasing, you end up probably failing at that position. Rich Mileto never fails. Um, Again, uh, coming up later today, fantasyguru.com, start sit column. He's in Discord a lot. Um, Earlier in the week, by the way, he's got uh, some streamers. If you look at the articles section in uh, fantasyguru.com, he's got a weekly streamers column. Uh, Buy, sell, cut is a weekly column. So Rich does a lot of stuff helping us out as we get set each and every week. Rich, we appreciate you stopping on board here. Uh, great to see you, man. Uh, take the hands off the wheels, get back to work, and we'll talk to you soon, okay? Thanks, guys. Have a great one. Rich Mileto joining us uh, here on Fantasy Sports Daily. Great to hear from him. You know, start sit, Ray. One thing we didn't get to that I want to hit on Justin Jefferson. Um, sounds like there's a chance he could be back this week. Problem there, Ray. We got a Monday night game or a Sunday night game. Uh, so Minnesota's at Denver and It's real. And maybe we'll hear positive news. Maybe it comes out today, maybe tomorrow if he travels with the team and it sounds like he's going to dress. But that could be a really difficult decision come Sunday morning if he's still kind of listed as questionable or if we hear, you know, he's going to go through pregame workouts. Like he is such a stud, Ray, that if you run the risk of, of waiting around on Sunday to get the news, it could truly burn you. But my gosh, if we know he's in, he's in your fantasy lineup, too.
0: Yeah, that's a really interesting situation right here now, as we said early on a Friday morning. We have the unknown with Jefferson being back. We have the unknown with Osborne being back. We've got a new quarterback in Josh Dobbs. We've got the unknown with Madison and how the backfield is going to go. Like There's a lot there. So let's hope that by the time Friday's over, we have a much better handle on this uh, because it could end up being a scenario where, there, with all these question marks that we end up getting a, a result absolutely different than we anticipate, or people end up kind of getting stuck too, Kyle. So let's hope we get that clarification because there's a lot of pieces that we're juggling right now.
1: A few other things uh, to follow as we go through this Friday, Noah Brown. I mentioned him. He's got a knee issue, did not practice on Wednesday, did not practice on Thursday. Uh, So that's a guy coming off what 330 yards in the last two games. Uh, So that's an important thing to follow. doesn't sound like Damian Pierce is going to be out there for the Texans. They're taking on Arizona this week. Uh, Let's see. Tyler Lockett was not practicing yesterday. Hamstring injury. Antonio Gibson dealing with a toe problem. DNP on Thursday, same thing for Gerald Everett with a chest issue. Chicago's backfield, uh, Ray Khalil Herbert back in full, but now down to Foreman. Foreman. Um, he's the issue. He's limited. Um, and again, I we run into such issues at running back. If you own Foreman, if you own Herbert, it's difficult for me to say bench one guy, play the other guy. I don't know how it's going to work for the Bears. But I think for a lot of people, you just run the risk and you send them both out there and you hope both guys get 10 to 12 touches, I think.
0: Yeah, the offense obviously transforms with Justin Fields under center, and it's very different. Fields is a, 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 a quote-unquote risk to the running backs right near the goal line, just like Jalen Hurts can be for his guys in Philadelphia. Uh, I I hope we get clarity here, too. I do know that Herbert's a more dynamic running back. Uh, he's more versatile than Foreman. He's had a lot of success last year. And even this year, he was trending upwards when the injury occurred. So I'm more in the Herbert game than the Foreman game, certainly long-term. This week, we still need some more information to make the determination. Uh, Got a
1: full week of coverage here at – full weekend, I should say, at Fantasy Guru. Loads of columns have been going up all week long. DFS, position by position, some of the guys that we truly like. Going into week 11, of course, Jeff will have his uh, big drop on Saturday with some of his favorite DFS calls for the week. Ray's got a giant column that's out. Armando's got a huge column looking at the weekend. Tyler Beaker has the uh, kind of the game script column that uh, is a must read every Sunday. So if you're getting set DFS, full season, whatever it is, uh, fantasyguru.com, do check it out for the weekend. Of course, additionally, this weekend, we've got some college football that picks up on Saturday. Joining us now here on FSD, Fantasy Sports Daily, Chris Rose is uh, with us to talk a little college football. Chris, how you doing today, man?
3: Yeah, man. Good afternoon. Uh, I see you guys are talking a little bit of Vikings, so you guys warm my heart that before coming on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Trying to warm your heart. Are the Vikings going to make a run? You think there's a, a a playoff berth with Josh Dobbs under center?
3: Man, I'll tell you what, Josh Dobbs brings that intensity. some Something different that we haven't seen, you know, since uh can I go back to Tavares Jackson with that that mobility? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's been quite a few years since we've had some electricity in, in that stadium it's it's great to watch and and just seeing uh, joshua dobbs get that chance is, is awesome
1: let's talk some college football uh you and the crew later tonight we'll have the live stream nine o'clock looking at week 12 i i mentioned this to ray It kind of snuck up on me chris that <laughs> caleb williams who everybody assumes will be the number one overall pick in the nfl next year um if, if he comes out it sounds like he will but tomorrow could be his last game in college football, it's their last game of the regular season. You'd have to expect if he's going pro, he's probably not in a bowl game. Uh, USC against UCLA. Williams is popular every week. Is Is he popular to you? As he paid off this year? I mean, the team, where well, they got three or four losses. It's been a disappointment. How's Williams look this season?
3: Yeah, he's one of those guys that's always like a question mark for me, whether to pay up for him, whether or not to pay up for him. For me, I'm just going to prioritize other quarterbacks over him. There's other guys in better spots. Um, as far as a DFS standpoint, I think it's going to be a good game. I think there's some narrative behind it, so I I get it. But it's also tough to stack Caleb Williams. There's like five or six really really good wide receivers who I think are all probably pro running uh, wide receivers in that in that offense. Um, so for me, if I'm going to play a quarterback, I want to prioritize it where I can stack with a wide receiver and. Caleb Williams, just the way he spreads the ball, just I really haven't had that opportunity to, to play him this year. And UCLA, they, they have a sneaky good defense. So um, I just don't see him paying off that price tag this week.
1: That USC game against UCLA, uh, part of the early slate, uh, which locks at 12 noon over at DK. It's also, I think, part of the 330 slate, if you want to focus on that. Uh, biggest game probably tomorrow is also in the Pac-12. Um, Washington taking on Oregon State. I, I think DFS players, Chris, they're, they're fairly familiar with the Huskies and, and what they can do. How about Oregon State? Um, I don't know if they've snuck up on people, but DFS-wise, do the Beavers have much to talk about going into this game tomorrow?
3: Yeah, I think we've seen DJ Yugungle really take a step forward, you know, going into that that uh, Oregon State defense. They're facing a Washington defense that's 364th in the nation against quarterbacks. Damian Martinez coming off a four-touchdown, 146-yard game. He's been really good. And then the wide receiver, Silas Bolden, Jack Velling, are, are guys that you can kind of stack with DJ I think it's gonna be a really good game. And then on the other side, of course, you have Roma Dunzi, Jalen Polk, and, and Michael Penix, who, uh, as a Vikings fan, I, I'm kind of hoping that Penix falls to Minnesota. I just think he's been absolutely phenomenal this year. Um, just spreading the ball, especially with with losing one of their, you know, Jalen McMillan, who's probably one of their probably I would say he's, he's their number one receiver. Losing him, these Penix has still looked good. So I think on paper, this is a really good game, really good nights, night slate game. Uh, and you can play both sides here.
1: Yeah, that Washington team uh, still fighting to get into the playoff too. They're currently number five, so this is a huge game for them yep. as they try to sneak into the top four. Chris Rose hanging out with us, talking college football week twelve. Uh, one of the teams that is in the top four is Michigan. Um, you know, we've got all the Jim Harbaugh stuff going on. Didn't matter last week; they took care of Penn State. They play in the early slate. Twelve newton kickoff against Maryland, and I was looking at the Terrapins. They, they gave up fifty-one points, Chris, to Penn State, and Penn State yeah. doesn't have much of an offense. Uh, Michigan, I mean, are, are they going to roll? Is this a 50-point spot for the Wolverines, you think, tomorrow?
3: Yeah, I think so. J.J. McCarthy, uh, Corum, Roman Wilson. I think this is all a good spot for all three of those guys. This is an interesting stack, probably one that's going to be lower owned just because of the lopsidedness in this, this game. If maybe Tua can put some points up for Maryland, this could be a really interesting game stack where you could play both sides. But for me, I think McCarthy is a really good spot. And then Roman Wilson, who we've seen him put up, Several touchdowns, several games where he's put up multiple touchdowns, uh, and it's still pretty cheap.
1: Yeah, uh, you mentioned that that early slate twelve games, uh, so it's a big and it does include some of the three thirty games. Uh, in that three thirty slot, we have Georgia Tennessee. Um, it's also showdown available if you want to just play that game between the Bulldogs and the Volunteers. Any names that you like uh, for people if they're playing showdown are any of the slates looking at UGA against uh, Tennessee.
3: Yeah, probably McConkie is probably my favorite play in this game. But for me, it's if it, it, this is just going to be a a showdown slate, it's one of the games that I'm I'd rather watch uh, and of course root for Tennessee to to knock off Georgia, kind of how they did Alabama last year. Um, but it's it's really D F S wise, it's a tough game because both both offenses are kind of up and down. Um, with you know, I think Joe Milton's another another. Of course, if you're going to play, you're going to you're going to play Joe Milton and and, and kind of run it back with with uh, McConkie there.
1: Yeah, big game between the Bulldogs and the Volunteers. That game in Knoxville. So maybe the biggest test that Georgia has had this season, taking all yeah. the volunteers there. Um I, I was looking at prices for this week, Chris, and of like I don't know why, but I've stumbled on some Clemson Tiger football. I'm not, I could care less about Clemson, but i just stumbled upon it, watching it on a Saturday. Phil Maffa, the, the running back, I was I was looking at his price for tomorrow. And it's like fifty seven hundred bucks. And it, it, the dude, the last three weeks, I, I looked it up: seventy carry, about seventy carries, and over four hundred yards rushing. Fifty seven hundred bucks against North Carolina. Is is it cheap? Is it fair? Is is he somebody to consider? Because a lot of the other running backs are more expensive. What, what do you think of Phil moffa
3: Yeah, Moffa in that in that game against Notre Dame had thirty six carries, filling in for uh, for Will Shipley. Um, and of course, Will Shipley. If, you, if you're going to look at both price tags, Shipley's only $200 more. He had only had 11 carries last week, but he still put up 77 yards and a touchdown. Uh, on the other side, Maffa did have, have the majority of the carries. I think you could play both guys if you need. If you need to save some money. I'd go to Maffa. He's he's probably going to get a majority of the carries. He'll probably get again probably 17 to 20 carries. While you'll see Shipley a little bit more involved in the passing game, but I think both guys are very interesting here.
1: Couple more questions, Chris. Uh, we always like looking at at totals. And and usually in college football, we get, you know, multiple games in the upper 60s, sometimes 70s. Tomorrow isn't necessarily, um, you know, there's a lot in the 50s and such, but nothing really jumps out. Except uh, for LSU and Georgia State, which is in the 7 o'clock evening window, that game's over 70. And LSU is favored by more than 30 points. How popular should LSU be for that evening slate? Because that's a big number. It's a huge spread. They've got talent. Do you like to play the Tigers in that sort of setup?
3: Yeah, I think this game's over by the half. You know, guys like Jaden Daniels, I think he's only going to play a half here. I don't think they really have to play these guys more than that. Um, Logan Diggs is doubtful in this game, the running back. So we may see a mix of Josh Williams, Caleb Jackson, Noah Kane. I think you could play Josh Williams here in this spot. I think it's a good spot for him to get some some in-game reps behind Logan Diggs. There is a little bit of narrative here. Malik Neighbors has a chance to break LSU's all-time record in, in a career receiving yards. So I think he's like 284 yards shy of that. He has two weeks to break that. I think you're going to see Jaden Daniels kind of feed him the ball and break that record. Um, just a good good game to really do that against a, a lower Division one school with. And Georgia State really hasn't played well uh, over the last couple of games. If you're looking for someone to play in that in that game, uh, Darren Granger, dual threat. Uh, quarterback who has been good on his legs, just hasn't really been good with with, uh, with passing. But he's a guy, um, if you're going to try to get some exposure to that, is is the guy to really uh, target there.
1: Chris going to be part of our college football live stream later tonight, 9 o'clock. They do it every Friday night. Uh, wonderful job. to kind of get you set for Saturday. Of course, Discord is hopping on Saturday morning into Saturday afternoon. Chris and the rest of the guys, Russell, Mike, all those guys, helping you out with the uh, decisions uh any news breaks they're going to let you know in discord cheat sheets will be out all that stuff coming up tomorrow in closing chris and and I know tonight you guys will dig deep on this with some of your favorite stacks but is there an overlooked stack as it, anywhere on the Saturday set of games is is there a team that you think is going to be uh too underowned that people can uh, maybe take advantage of with a stack
3: so I'll give you three teams that I'm looking at to kind of build my lines around. Number one being James Madison. If You look at what Jordan McLeod's done over the last three games, 11 touchdowns at the quarterback position. And then the wide receivers are just unbelievably underpriced. Reggie Brown, Elijah Surratt, they both went off last week. McLeod throws them. They, they get targeted eight to 10 times a game. So those are the three guys that are going to be in my core for, for this mm-hmm. week. Then again, on the end, the other two teams is, is a game stack here with Houston and Oklahoma state. Donovan Smith, Joseph Manjack, Samuel Brown the Houston side. Then the Oklahoma State side, Alan Bowman, Ollie Gordon, who really had issues in the rain last week against UCF. I think it's a good bounce-back spot for him here. Rashad Owens and Brennan Presley are the guys that I'm targeting in that game.
1: I like it. like it a lot. Uh, folks, if you're looking for more insight um, and a way to enjoy your Saturday, believe me, it's a lot of fun with multiple slates, a lot of games going on, yeah. tons of action. And unfortunately, we're nearing the end of the season. I think we got this week, next week. And then we're into championship week for the conference play. So really only two full weeks uh, to go with all these games going on. Uh, Chris, awesome stuff. Good to have you on the uh, live stream. Uh, Welcome to the pod. We'll do it again. And uh, have a great weekend, okay?
3: Thank you very much. Have a good week.
1: Chris Rose hanging out with us on Fantasy Sports Daily. Cannot promote it enough. Later tonight, if you're looking for a college football edge, looking to win some cash in DFS, check those guys out at 9 o'clock. Ray Flowers back with us. Uh Ray, we should also mention before we get out of here for the weekend, uh, the all-in NFL package that we've got available, kind of a new deal that we got this week, right?
0: Yeah, it's a great deal. And for anyone that's interested in this, it's a hundred dollars rest of the way, everything football. When I say rest of the way, all the way through the Super Bowl, you get seasonal and DFS. So whether you're playing either either version of fantasy football, you're covered through the rest of the season, through the Super Bowl. It's the all-in package. You want to use the promo code FSD20. We'll put a link below on YouTube. And if you go to the website, you click the Join Now tab in the top right and just sign up for that. It gets all the DFS, all the seasonal. It includes coaching breakdowns, running back grids, uh, red zone information, wide receiver, cornerback matchups. You get access to Discord 24-7 to ask all those questions. So, again, $100 for the all-in package. All the football you want, all covered, seasonal NDFS over at FantasyGuru.com with the promo code FSD20.
1: You mentioned uh, getting answers in Discord. We also provide answers here on FSD. I know David earlier asked me for some defensive team streamers. Um, And, again, every league's different. I don't know who's owned and who isn't. You got bye weeks and some defenses are getting dropped. Defenses that might be available, and I like their matchup this week. Pittsburgh, Detroit, Miami, Washington, Jacksonville, Houston, Buffalo. I like all their matchups there. So so that's going to be, what is that, seven teams? Hopefully at least one or two of those is available. And that, that's the other side of the coin here, Ray. When all these QBs are hurt, it becomes much easier to play defensive bingo every week. So. It
0: used to do this all the time for those people that are new and don't remember. This yeah. used to be one of Kyle's things. And I, I've seen it mentioned a couple of times in comments yeah. here, Kyle. You might need to resurrect this. I'm a GTA. big fan.
1: I'm a big fan yeah. and it works. It, it's one of my few strategies, Ray, that works. <laughs> a lot of my others don't, but that one worked. Uh, let's see. Hal is wondering, Najee Harris, Ty Chandler. Uh, We should note Madison was limited yesterday. You know, concussion protocol, Ray, that the the usual is that you're out for a week. Right. Now, Brock Purdy kind of turned that reasoning on its head a few weeks back. I I would suspect, let's just play this as if Madison is out. Madison, Najee, Harris, what's your take there?
0: If Madison is out, I would start Chandler over Harris. Obviously, if Madison is in, it would go the other direction. I think the Steelers... Uh, they, We've talked about this earlier in the week. They want to establish a run. It's their identity of their offense at this point. I don't know how successful they're going to be at it this week. I would be interested in going with Chandler. Again, we talked about this earlier, too. We still aren't certain about Jefferson. We're still not certain about Osborne. We're still not certain about Madison. So it's really tough to make the call now. Even if we say Madison's out and Chandler's in, it's tough to know what the offense is going to look like. But if I had to prognosticate it all out, I would say Chandler's slightly ahead of Harris uh, on a Friday morning. I think I'd go Najee
1: in that one. I, I think Pittsburgh is just going to crazy. Mm-hmm. And, and I think both Jalen Warren and Najee Harris are getting 12 to 15 carries.
0: I think that's fair. If
1: not more touches. So I, I kind of like Najee Harris, at least for me, defense is tough though, against Cleveland, uh, certainly, but I kind of give the edge to Harris a little more of a known quantity. I think on that one, uh, the finish off a discussion we had yesterday, uh, MVP Shohei Itani American league uh, unanimous uh, and also very unanimous for Ronald Acuna in the NL. Huh. Um, I, am not surprised Acuna won, but every single first place vote went to Rob Acuna yesterday.
0: Yeah. And I mentioned this yesterday on the show and I said, I hope it's not 20, it should be 27 to three or something. And it yeah. wasn't like it. Uh, I'm not shocked, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. Disappointed is the right word. I'm kind of disappointed that not, not one person, not necessarily a, a Dodger writer either. Just someone didn't say, Hey, you know, cause again, the, the value of these guys, you know, offensively with the bat in his hands, was just about as good as Acuna. You know, he didn't steal as many bases and he wasn't as sexy or exciting, but, you know, he was a very good player, played all those positions. Uh, I think the right guy won. I'm just surprised by the margin that he won.
1: We are uh, still waiting for baseball's hot stove uh, league to actually light up. It's, it's been very slow, as expected, I think, in the early going. We did get a trade yesterday. A, a five-for-one trade where the one was Aaron Bummer. <laughs> Aaron Bummer Ray was worth five guys. The Braves gave up five guys to get it. Aaron Bummer's ERA was like eight last season. It was 6.8, Kyle. Don't get crazy. 6.8. Much better than I
0: gave him credit for. Um, And Mike Soroka.
1: I guess the Braves just gave up on
0: him. You know, uh, this is really interesting. Yeah, it's a really interesting one. Because bummer, the ERA wasn't indicative of how he pitched. He's a very solid left-handed reliever who gets strikeouts and grounders. He's a very good addition for a Braves team. But the cost seems high in it. I think it basically comes down to all the beat writers said they wanted to keep Nicky Lopez, but they weren't going to pay him $4 million. Okay, fine. He's kind of a, a spare piece. It's really fascinating to see Schuster and Soroka... Also, in this deal, like you said, these are guys that at various points, this just as 2023, the Braves were telling us we're going to be part of their rotation. So, you know, it came down to them, I guess, not wanting to spend the money. It came down to them needing spots on the 40-man roster. Uh, but this actually seems like a pretty good deal for the White Sox. They at least gave themselves some options, and they need them desperately.
1: Uh, a couple of last things. Uh, do I like the Jets this week? Yes. You like the Jets every week. And he got a quarterback that turns the football over. So, yeah, Jets defense is good. And I did mention Washington, the commanders against the Giants. I I know somebody was wondering if the the commanders, they they were one of my seven teams that I mentioned there. Um, Okay, Ray, chock full, man. Um, We we didn't get the hockey today, but Ray and I are both wearing hockey gear, interestingly enough. Ray's got his Ovechkin. Um, I I wanted to make sure that Ray didn't bully me today. Last night, his Sharks demolished my Blues, like, and the Sharks, they're one of the worst NHL teams we've seen in like over a decade. And I think they won five nothing. It was ugly. So I wanted to make sure Ray didn't bully me around. So I, I, I got out the blue note.
0: Okay, yeah. Well,
1: it was five to one, Kyle. You guys got a goal there. Five to one. Okay. okay. Yeah. There was that late goal. I, I'd fallen asleep by that point, I think. Uh, Ray, have a great weekend. Uh, Monday will be our big recap show. I think we'll have Ryan Clifford with us to preview the, the huge showdown on Monday night, Philadelphia and Kansas City. Uh, so we'll get going at 11 a.m. Uh, eastern next monday ray enjoy uh, a couple of days not of rest because it's football season but we'll talk again on monday okay
0: looking forward to it use that promo code folks fsd20 over at fantasyguru.com we will see you monday it is fantasy sports daily powered by fantasyguru.com